So, so you guys, uh, Thomas Bryan put that together for us. He does a lot of our bumpers here, most of them. We all give him a hand for really cool. I like embarrassing people. That's great. It's awesome. So I'm super pumped about this new series that we're starting called Stinking Thinking. Has anyone ever had Stinking Thinking before? I was told, I didn't realize this, I was told that might be a country song. Is that a country song? If not, it should be, okay? Because it's a, I got stinking thinking, so I start drinking. I, I don't know. Something about the dog dying, the truck broke down, right? Or painted on blue jeans in an old dirt road. If that's new country, that's more of your style. Um, <laughs> stinking thinking, good stuff. Um, when I want to talk to you about a couple of things real quick. Uh, how many of you were at Friday Night Fire this past Friday night? Oh my gosh, it was awesome, wasn't it? If you don't know, we partnered with Celebration Church here in town. The place was full, and we just worshipped, and it was amazing. We saw a lot of people get healed. It was awesome. It was really cool. Um, I want to remind you, this Monday, I know we don't normally do stuff on Monday nights except for prayer, but this Monday, it's the only time they could be here, uh, the pastors that are overseeing uh, our new church plan in Pakistan will be here um, in the worship center at 630. Um, and uh, hopefully we're going to hear a lot more. I, I, it's difficult to talk. We just talk through Facebook Messenger, but they'll be here and, and uh, they'll share about what God's doing over there, doing in their lives. And uh, I'm super excited about that. I really encourage you uh, to come. Uh, if you plan on being there, we're going to take up an offering for them to send them back. It's, it's difficult to get money. If you give them too much, you get flagged. And so we don't want to get flagged by any government, all right, the U.S. or Pakistan. And so, um, so if, if the Lord lays it on your heart, we will have an opportunity to bless them financially so that they can take that back to the, the, our new church family. Um, also, uh, we're starting FaceTime groups, our small groups that meet in homes on Wednesday nights for adults. Um, we've got about six homes uh, that, are, that are ready and there are sign-up sheets in the back. We need more than six. And so um, if you're willing to open up your home uh, and facilitate um, these Wednesday night gatherings, we need a couple more. And so if you've been thinking about it and if you've done that thing, well, well if the Lord tells Pastor Jamie, I'll do it. Okay, so I'm telling you, <laughs> do it, all right? We need groups, and uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's a real low-key thing. We, we ask you to sign up for a semester, uh, and then you get the chance to not do it again in the fall if you want to. And so uh, it, it's, it's great. You'll enjoy it. So FaceTime groups, good stuff, okay? I also want to mention something really quickly. Um, is uh, About this time last year, uh, we ordained and we brought on Cynthia Bryan as our administrative pastor. So it's a two-year anniversary. And it's been awesome. Uh, So glad that she's been a part of uh, our leadership here. Good stuff. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you so much for your presence. And Lord, we just give full attention to your word now. We pray, God, that you would help us understand when it comes to our thought life and our stinking thinking. We open ourselves to you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I was perusing Facebook, and I saw an ad uh, for a master class on, I think it was comedy. Um, And Steve Martin, if you know Steve Martin, was giving um, uh, an ad, essentially, uh, for this class. And he started it out by saying something, and it, it just arrested me. He said, you 
are a thought machine. And that just hit me between the eyes. You are a thought machine. Now, that's not actually totally correct. You have a thought machine. It's your brain. You have a thought machine, but you aren't your thoughts. You aren't your mind. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, but it's, it, it's amazing the amount of thoughts that we have on a daily basis. Estimates vary, but scientists agree that, that your brain generates anywhere from 10,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. If you average that out to around 40,000 thoughts a day, depending on some of you don't have that many, I know. That means you have over a quarter of a million thoughts per week. 14.5 million thoughts a year. And if you live to age 75, that means you'll have over a billion thoughts in your lifetime. And that, it's this constant background music playing in our minds, our thoughts. Even when you walked in here this morning, you were thinking. But it's like plays in the background. We don't think about our thoughts, do we? They just are. They've always been with us. But what I want to convince you of this morning is that we have to be aware of our thoughts. Because if we aren't, then we will fall into stinking thinking. And so I want to give you, this message this morning is really part one of two messages that are going to happen uh, back to back. So it's starting, starting this week and it's going to continue next week. And I encourage you, I encourage you to, if you can't be here next week, please get the CD, watch the video, something, because these two are going to work together. I just don't have time to complete everything I want to say. Um, we're going to talk about the second half of this. Then we're going to talk about, in, in the third week, we're going to talk about the role of imagination. I, the Lord's just shown me some really cool stuff about this. I've never heard anyone preach on imagination, right? Um, but, but it's all throughout Scripture, and I'm going to show it to you. And we're going to show how to hijack our own imagination for the kingdom. Okay, it's going to be awesome. In the week four, Eric's going to bring it home with a message on the mind of Christ that he's already sharing me some of his notes. It's awesome. It's going to be really good. So I encourage you, let's rally around uh, what the Lord has to say about our thoughts. I, I, this morning, I just there are four things I want to share with you. Four things I want to share with you about your thoughts. I want to make sure you know about your thoughts. And, and here's the first one, okay? These are things to know about your thoughts. Again, if you have our VFC app, go to Sunday at VFC. Go to Sermon Notes. These are already loaded in there, and there are blanks that you can fill in the blank and stay engaged during the message. Here's the first one I, thing I want you to know is that Thoughts precede actions. Thoughts precede, that means comes before, actions. See, the actions that you do don't just happen for no reason. They were informed by a thought first. You know, people come to me in in a counseling context and they've made a terrible decision. They've done a bad thing. Maybe they, they, you know, went out Friday night, got into a big bender and and party and just made some stupid mistakes. They're like, I just don't know how this happened. Well, I do. It was your thoughts. Someone gets caught in an extramarital affair and they're like, I just, it just happened. I mean, that's not true. You don't just, whoa, hey, affair. It started with the thought. It actually started with a series of thoughts, right? And so your thoughts precede your actions. And so we've got to be aware of our thoughts in order to change our actions 
Proverbs 23, 7 is an interesting scripture. I studied it this week in preparation for this. And you've heard it before. You've probably heard the King James Version. It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Have you heard that before? I like thinketh. I think I want to use that word more. It makes you sound smart. Honey, I thinketh I want to go to Wendy's. You know? I, I thinketh. It's the King James. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or, or King, New King James says, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. It's, it's an interesting phrase. It's talking about a person who's acting, uh, one, who's telling you he's one way, but he's acting another way because his inner thoughts are causing he, him to be different. It, it's, and it's a weird phrase. They aren't actually totally sure, the Hebrew, what it, what it exactly means. Uh, if, if you want a difficult thing to study, I'll study that this week. But the point is, is that people do what they think. You will do what you think. Now we know Proverbs 4, 3, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We've been talking that for a while, that what you are full of uh, is dependent on what you've been feeding on. Right? That's what the, the last sermon series was about. And so thoughts precede action. So that means that we've got to be aware. We can't just walk through life and think whatever we think without calling it into question. Here's the next thing I want you to know about your thoughts. Not everything you think is from you. Now think about this. Not everything that you think is from you. Let's turn to James chapter 1. Let's just look at the scripture here. This is a a New King James Version kind of morning for me. So I'm going to be in the New King James Version of the Bible. I encourage you. I don't put scripture up on the screen on purpose. I want you to look it up. Bring your Bible. Use your Bible app. Inside our VFC app is a link to the Bible app. Okay? So you can look it up as well. But you need, don't just believe it because I say it. Look it up. Okay? James 1, 13, it says this, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Verse 15, Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Now, this is interesting. What We see here that temptation comes from your thoughts. And he's saying, but don't think that God has given you that thought towards temptation. He doesn't tempt anyone in that way. So, so where does it come from? Well, it comes from your flesh. And, and it also can come from the enemy. So we, so we see that, that there are different types, of, there are different sources to the thoughts that you have. So not every thought that you think is good, just because you think it doesn't mean it's right. And not every thought you have is from you. It's not, it's not always a good representation. Look, I have crazy thoughts sometimes. Anyone else? I mean, we all think stuff all the time, right? I remember, I shouldn't tell that story. <laughs> I'll tell this story. I, I used to work at a bank, like when I was in college. And I was like, I know how to rob this place. I mean, like, you, know, you, like you look and you, you start to think, I could yeah, know how to rob this place. Now, that wasn't a God thought. The Lord told me. No, he didn't. The Lord already told you in his word when he said, thou shalt not steal. God's not going to tell you something that's, that goes against the word. But I, and then I remember thinking, I, like, I figured out how to rob this place. 
And then I thought, what is wrong with you, Jamie? What? That's not who I was. It was just a thought that entered my mind. See, you are not your thoughts. Now, a lot, a lot of people miss this, especially if you've ever dealt with addiction. You'll be free from the addiction for a season, and then you'll have a thought that craves that thing that you were once addicted to. And so what do we think? We think, well, I guess I'm not really free. No, that's not true. You're free. You're free. You just had a thought. Now, notice it says here, it says, when desire, that thought for something, has conceived. Now, I don't want to get too gross here. We're going to keep this PG. But conception involves two parties, right? What does desire conceive with? It conceives with action. See, having the thought is not sin. Did you hear that? Having an errant thought, having a random thought, having a thought even if it's not a good thought is not a sin. You can still take that thing captive and you cannot act on it. It becomes sin when it conceives with action. Does that make sense? So you can have a desire or a thought, but if you don't act on it, it's not sin. Does that make sense? Let's, let's give some examples. Um, if you see, we'll just go where we all live. If you see, if you're married, you see a member of the opposite sex, and you think, they're pretty attractive. Or you think, wow, that's the kind of person. Or maybe you're not married. And you think, that's the kind of person I would love to be married to. I mean, he's stable and secure, and he's everything I want, or or, or, or he or she are just there, man, they look really great. Hey, there's nothing wrong with thinking someone's attractive. There's nothing wrong with thinking someone would make a great potential mate, right? There's nothing wrong with that. You've not sinned. You've had a desire. But the problem is, is when you either act on it or when you circle back around to that thought over and over and over and dwell on it and it turns into lust or covetousness. So, see, having a thought See, people, the people of God are always beating themselves down because they have stupid thoughts. You're going to have stupid thoughts. You are. It's called having a thought machine. And it's just generating thoughts. Tens of thousands every day. But it, that doesn't mean that it's you. It doesn't mean that you have to act on it. Do you hear me? Not everything you think is from you. Our, our thoughts can be influenced by other things. And sin is only born when you give action to the tempting thought. Now look at James chapter 3. It's a couple, couple chapters over. James 3.15, and he's, he's talking about, you know, the words that we use and stuff like that and the attitudes that we have. Verse 15 He says, this wisdom, or or this mindset, or this way of thinking, this wisdom does not descend from above. So there can be, that means there can be godly wisdom, right? Does not descend from above, but it's earthly, okay, that means natural. Sensual, that means having to do with, with with your senses. And demonic. That means coming from a negative, evil, supernatural source from an unclean spirit. So see, so when you go, let's just say, for example, you lose your job, okay? I think we've all been there dealing with jobs, things like that. 
So you lose your job and you're like, oh no, oh gosh, what am I going to do now? There is a God wisdom available to you. There is an earthly wisdom available to you. Just take the first thing, just, just freak out, right? Work two jobs. Bail on your family. I got to have money. Right? That's the earthly wisdom. God's wisdom says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So that's God's way of doing things. There's the world's way of doing things, and there's the demonic way of doing things. Knock off the convenience store. They owe it to you. Right? These are all types of wisdom, mindsets that we can choose to operate under. So you got to recognize just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's good, doesn't mean it's from you, and doesn't mean it should be actionable in your life. Are you with me? Do you hear that? What does that mean? That means, number three, you govern your own thought life. You have been charged to steward, to supervise your brain. It's your job. It's your job to manage your thoughts, to administrate the stinking thinking or the good thinking. But the tens of thousands of thoughts that you have every day, it's your job. It's your job to govern those. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Your mind is just the word that we use for your collection of thoughts. It's your will. This is what I want. Is your mind. It's your emotions. This is how I feel. It's your imagination. Now, all of these things are a part of your mind, so you renew your mind. That's how you govern your thought life. Now, you're not going to accidentally wake up one day and, hey, I'm renewing my mind right now. You have to choose to do it. It doesn't happen automatically. God, help me renew my mind. He says, no, you do it. This is your job. This is your job is to renew your mind. If we look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, we see a, a charge, a command that the Apostle Paul gives to us inspired by the Holy Spirit. He says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, well, that one's hard right there. That means you probably need to limit Facebook. <laughs> Look, can I just meddle? Don't forward stuff that you don't know isn't true just because it confirms your bias. Like, like, be a good steward of your platform, right? Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, that gets rid of a lot of stuff, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. You're probably going to need to turn off the news at some point. It shouldn't be called news. It should be called bad news. There may be 3,000 trains that arrived at their destination today, but the one that derails is the one that you heard about. It's a skewed perspective. It's not news. It's bad news. It doesn't mean you don't stay informed. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying recognize that you're to govern your own thoughts. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Now, what is meditation? Meditation is taking a thought and going over it again and again and again and again. 
You don't have to sit cross-legged and um. That's not, that's Eastern meditation. That's just, that's something else. There is a godly, holy, biblical meditation. It's not emptying your mind. It's filling your mind. So, so we are to meditate on these things. The New Living Translation says, fix your thoughts on these things. Fix, immovable, steady, secure, so when you shake it, it doesn't fall apart. You fix your thoughts on these things. So you have to govern your thought life. And here's the deal. God, through the Apostle Paul, wouldn't tell you to do something you didn't have the ability to do. You hear me? God wouldn't tell you to do something you don't have the ability to do. You can focus on the good. You can fix your thoughts. You're gonna, you might have to change your lifestyle. You might have to change who you listen to. You might have to adjust your filters. You know what I'm talking about? If you've got central heating and air at your home, you've got an air filter, right? And that filter is what, is what allows air to come in and dust to not come into your, to your system, your, your, your HVAC system. In the same way, we have filters in our own life. And some of you, you need to, put, you need to install thicker filters because you're letting everything come through. So you govern your thought life. And we're going to circle back around next week and we're going to really get some practical, look at practical advice from, from Scripture on how to fix our thoughts on the Lord. Here's, here's the, the last thing I want you to know about your thoughts. Thoughts can lead to strongholds. Thoughts can lead to strongholds. Now, let me define what that means. Now, a stronghold is a fortress. It's like a castle that's built in such a way to keep people safe inside in case there's an attack. That's that's a stronghold. Now, these can be good or they can be bad. So a bad stronghold is, we'll just use racism. A bad stronghold is when you've allowed your mind to feel a certain way about a certain race or ethnic group or people so, so badly that you see evidence to the contrary and you still don't believe it. You've walled in your own perspective on those people to keep yourself safe. From any other alternate thought. That's a negative stronghold. They're positive strongholds. We're actually called to build positive strongholds about the fact that God knows you, loves you, and has a plan for your life. You need to, you need to build a huge castle, a, a stronghold, a fortress around the truth that God knows you, loves you, and has good things for you. How do you do that? Well, you think on those things that are pure and lovely and of good report, right? And we'll talk even more about that next week. But you need to understand that your thoughts can lead to strongholds. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10 real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll read 4 through 5. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay, in other words, the things that you fight with in this life are not fleshly tools. Something bad is going on. Sure, there's a natural reaction that you should, you know, do. But, but it's spiritual. It's spiritual. The things that you fight with, it's a spiritual fight. It's a spiritual battle. 
The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, but mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So see, strongholds exist. As a matter of fact, let me show you the progression to a stronghold. It starts with a thought. God doesn't care about me. Well, okay, we've all had those thoughts, right? I don't matter. Nobody loves me. I'm stupid. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm dumb. Right? We all have these kind of thoughts, right? So no one really wants, if people knew what I was really like, they wouldn't want to be around me. We've all had thoughts like that. It's just a thought. Doesn't mean it's true. Doesn't mean it's from you. It's just a thought. But if you don't take that thought captive, then it turns into a thought pattern, which means a series of thoughts. So you have that thought, I'm nothing, I'm no one, God, I don't matter. Well, you can take that thought captive and say, no, in Jesus' name, you talk to it. Again, we're going to talk about this next week. You talk to it, you say, that's not true. You bring out the scripture that says the opposite of it, and you address it. You kick it in the teeth. You confront it like you confront a bully. But if not, if you don't do that, you wake up the next day, you have that same thought again. And the next day, and the next day, next thing you know, you've got a thought pattern. And then if left unaddressed, you begin to internalize and it turns into a mindset. A mindset is a collection of thoughts that you think through. You, it, it, it's, a, it's a filter you think through. So if someone cuts you off in traffic, you go, well, I don't matter anyway, whatever. And if you don't get the promotion at work, well, of course I didn't get it. I just, you know... And, and, and if your spouse has a bad day and says mean things to you, you say, well, they're probably right. And you're developing a mindset. Then, if left unattended, it'll turn into a stronghold where you wall yourself into these negative thoughts. Have you ever met someone and they're like impossible to talk to? And if you bring anything up contrary to their existing belief, it's just, it doesn't make any sense at all to them. They, 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 you, they literally do not understand what you're talking about. Psychologists call this confirmation bias. That everything you hear simply confirms what you already believe to be true. That's why it's really important, and, and I've mentioned social media already. You know, the algorithms in Facebook, if you're on Facebook, the algorithms in Facebook put in front of you stuff that you're more likely to read. So it's based on what you've already been reading, articles that people share, things like that. So it creates a confirmation bias to all you ever hear is one opinion to a matter. I'll tell you all what I do. I, 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 I read articles from Fox News. I read articles from MSNBC. I read articles from conservatives. I read articles from liberals on purpose. What? Because I don't want to be stupid. I don't want to be dumb. I want to hear the other side. I may disagree with the other side, but that's cool. But at least I know what they're saying. And so we need to be careful, especially as the people of God, we need to be careful that we don't create our own echo chambers for ourselves. You know, it's, it's okay. It's okay to question if what you believe is true. Oh. <gasps> 
We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If your faith is just mental certainty, then I don't know, maybe I, I can't think anything of. But if, you're, if your faith is, is based on relationship and based on activity, then I'll listen, I'll listen to someone. I, look, Christian, I'm not afraid of any other spiritual path or religion. If you compare it to Christianity, it fails. It's ridiculously not even close. And do and you see what I'm saying? So we need to be a people, and then the church has gotten a bad rap because the church, not our church, but the church at large, has been a place where people come in with questions and they told, uh-uh, no, don't question. You can't question us. Shh, no. No, not, not here. Isn't that true? Why? If God is who he says he is, he's like, I can answer that. I'm better. I'm good. You can ask that question. All right. I'm meddling. So here's another thing. I just want to bring this up real quick. I want to bring up the idea of inner vows. An inner vow is a type of stronghold I just want to mention. Because I felt like the Lord wanted us to just talk about this for a second. So that you could dig deep and make sure there aren't any in your life. An inner vow is a subconscious promise of protection. That you've made to yourself in response to trauma. An inner vow is a subconscious, you're not thinking about this, but in a moment of trauma, you wrote on the tablet of your heart, This is who I am, this is what I do, and it was for a protective measure so you wouldn't get hurt again. I'll give you an example. If you've been in an abusive relationship, especially the ladies, you've been in an abusive relationship, maybe it got physical, and you say, I will never. Let another man hurt me again. Okay, is there something uh, that's good, right? You don't want a man to hurt you again. But if you make an inner vow, here's what happens. You create a stronghold where you wall, wall yourself into a fortress where no one can get in again. Maybe you had a parent that, that didn't treat you right or was... Uh, that was absent or did something you didn't like or, or whatever, and you say, I will never be like that parent. Okay. You may want to improve upon what your parents did when raising you. That's good. But to create an inner vow is going to actually force you to do the exact opposite of what you do, and you'll end up being just like them. Y'all know that, don't you? Because you've, see, you've seen that in your own life. You've had that moment, oh, no, I'm just like my mom. And you find yourself, mom, if you're listening, I love you. This is going on the podcast. I don't think she listens to it. My dad, I don't care about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like my dad. Oh, no. Right? Um, and, and so this is an inner vow is a type of stronghold where out of trauma, because something bad happened, you, you, you said, I will never or I will always. And you make that inner vow subconscious, and it's the reason why you do some of the stuff you do. And you, you're like, why am, I, why am I this way? It may be a stronghold that's actually an inner vow that you've made. And it's stinking thinking. Because here's the problem with walls. Good news is they keep out the bad, but the bad news is they keep out the good. You don't want to erect a wall in your life where you keep God out. It's okay to say, I want to be different than the way I was raised. It's okay to protect yourself because you went through a trauma, but it's not okay to have an inner vow. 
Did y'all feel the spirit on that? Yeah. Well, here's my question for you. How are you using your thought machine? Are you aware of your thoughts? Are you just kind of, huh, this is what I think. I guess it's true. Are you willing to make Jesus Lord over your mind? Because this is what he wants. Remember, your thoughts inform your actions. Your thoughts precede your actions. And and, and you're dealing with thoughts. They're not always from you. They they, they may not be good. So you have to be aware, right? And it's your job to govern your thoughts. It's your job. He's told you, think on these things. That's on you. He's going to empower you. He'll give you grace. But it's it's your job. It's not God's job. It's your job. And you've got to look out for strongholds. You've got to tear down negative strongholds. You've got to build up positive strongholds about what God says about who you are. Amen? Let's stand for prayer. Now, next week, we're going to learn how to police our thoughts. We're going to learn how to battle for our thoughts with very practical steps. I encourage you to be here. But before we, before we close, I want you to close your eyes. It's really important that we always respond to the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit this. In your own words, you don't have to do it out loud. Say, how do I, how do I use my thought machine, my brain? Are, are you Lord over my thoughts? Or am I just thinking whatever I think and that's how I live? Are you substituting earthly or sensual or demonic wisdom for God's? Ask him that. Now, if you will, I want to lead you in a prayer. It's your prayer, but I want to supply the words where we ask the Lord to help us with our thought machines, with our minds. So if you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that you gave me an amazing gift. It's my thought machine. And so I make the decision because my thoughts precede my actions and because not everything I think is from me I make the decision, I will govern my thought life with your help and by your grace. Help me tear down negative strongholds and help me build up positive strongholds. And help me recognize any inner vow that I've made that's hurting me. I give you control and lordship over my thought machine. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome.